All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weavey. Brian Chesko. Welcome to the new season, gentlemen. And welcome, listeners, to a new season of the FPL America podcast. We are rested and energized and ready to go. We are... <laughs> Here. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. It is always exciting to start a new season. We are hopeful that uh, starting a new season means getting new listeners to our podcast. This is the time of the year where we always bring new listeners on board to our podcast. That's right. And so uh, just to kind of set up what we're here to do, we, we've had a few weeks off. And uh, as we mentioned, good. it has been good. It's, it's been, been nice. Good. Last couple seasons have been exhausting. Uh, but we are here. Uh, we are back. We are ready for the new season. Today's episode is all about the promoted clubs to the Premier League. Something, Getting, it's something we've done for a while. This is a tradition. Uh, to, as part of our summer series of episodes, we always like to do one episode on the promoted clubs. We're going to start our summer series with this episode today. But, dear listeners, fear not. We are fully aware of the fact that the FPL website and app have both just gone live for the new season, and so most of you are probably already tinkering with a squad to start game week one in about a month's time, uh, first week of August. We're going to have plenty of episodes this summer on how to get the season started well and what this season is going to bring. It's going to be another weird one, but uh, maybe maybe for some good reasons, uh, World Cup. So with that said... We will be discussing FPL strategy, lineup strategy in future episodes. Subscribe and stay with us throughout the summer. Today we're going to focus on getting reacquainted with the three clubs who have joined the league or in a couple of cases rejoined the league. Fulham, Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest. Now, one thing before we get into a discussion on those three teams. We have recreated the FPL America Podcast League Whoa! in FPL. Shaking things up. Mm-hmm. So you will, if you've been a part of the FPL America Podcast League in the past, in past seasons, you have not been renewed into the league for the coming season. You need to sign up again. Yep. As every podcast has experienced over the last couple of years, listening habits of audiences for just about every podcast out there have changed, and we are hitting the reset button on our podcast as well. A new season allows us an opportunity to do that. 
And so we are shaking things up a little bit by asking you to rejoin the FPL America Podcast League. I'm going to give you the code now on what you need. If you are listening and you are not able to write this down or type it in to your phone or your computer, fear not. It will be in the description of this podcast episode as well. So just find that when you're ready to get it. But here's what you need to put in as a league code to rejoin the FPL America Podcast League. We also could post it on It'll be all our over. Instagram. Yep. So. We are, yeah, we've got all of our social media channels. We're going to be reinventing those, not reinventing, but reinvigorating those, I guess, as we yep. get ready for the new season as well. So, yep. yes, we will have this all over social media as well. Uh, the code is B as in boy, M as in man, FF. P B. P Let me say that again. P as in Peter. P as in Peter. And Podcast. What, and then what was the last thing you said? B. So let me do this again. B as in Brian. Okay. Uh-huh. M as in Man City. Okay. F Fulham. F Fulham. Okay. P as in podcast. Yeah. B as in Brian. Bournemouth. Okay. Just want to go with. I mean, Brian got. Why is sure. Brian? I could have gone, yeah. gone Forest on the F's as well. He's have. right. The B is Bournemouth. <laughs> we could have. We could have just incorporated all the all of the uh, promoted clubs into that. We could. Do you want me to do it a third time? Yes. No, I I'm mean, not doing it a third time. Okay. You can find it as we said in the pod description uh, of this particular episode and uh, across our social media channels, as well as on our Patreon page. We are still using our Patreon page. Now would be a great time to sign up. The uh, content on our Slack workspace is uh, starting to heat up with FPL lineup talk Mm -hmm. now that the website and the app are live. And so you can join the conversation outside of this podcast, but you do that by signing up at our Patreon site, becoming a new patron of our pod. If you do that, we'll add you to our Slack workspace. And then you'll be a part of this little inner community that never quits. Never does, and it's always fun. All right, so typically what we like to do and what we will do once the season starts is we will discuss matches, we will discuss our lineups, we'll discuss strategy, but we also sprinkle in some fun. We have oh, some have recurring segments on this podcast. Longtime listeners have come to know and love. We're going to do some of those in this episode just to give you a taste of what this podcast is all about. And I'm done providing introductory material, so let's just get on with this, shall we, Brian? Yeah, let's talk about some of these promoted folks. Let's talk about our familiar friends first, shall we? Let's start with the most familiar of the three clubs, and that would be Fulham Football Club. Yeah. You could have said Bournemouth. Mm. Like, I was absolutely twisted on who you were going to go with there. It could be either or. I feel like Bournemouth has been doing their best Norwich. Well, yeah. Fulham Fulham is, you know, the the Norwich on the river for sure. I mean, this is. Wow. This is the. Norwich on the river. Alternate okay. Norwich. I mean, let's let's come up with a name for them. These two clubs just they just take each other's spots every other season in the Premier League. It's honestly kind of annoying. But here's the thing: look at Fulham's roster right now on the FPL website. All right. Do you know what the problem is? They don't have any Premier League players. <laughs> the problem is, I know all these guys from the last time they were in the league, yeah, and what happened true. last time they were in the they league? They got dropped. They got relegated. It's, it's a problem when their most expensive defender is American Tim Ream. Now, thank you, Fulham, for continuing the tradition of having a token American on your club, but this is a, this is a bit of a problem. Well, Scott, they, they, in defense, there is Anthony Robinson as well. I mean, again, American. So I, Tim, True. 
you know, half, half just American want to throw line. that out there. Listen, it's going to be – Tim a, Ream's not making a national team. Anthony Robinson is or making well, a national Tim team. Tim Ream does get some caps occasionally. That's the thing. I was gonna. I was just going to joke about that. I was just going to joke and say that I'm excited for them to anchor half the back line for the U.S. team in the World Cup this winter, but that's not going to go well for Fulham in the Premier League. Although Robin, Robinson, in all fairness, even though they're priced the he, same. He's a good he's Rob, a good Robinson's a better defender yes, than, for sure. than Tim Ream at this stage. But, but you scroll down, I mean – Harry Wilson is the most expensive midfielder on this team. Yeah. We know Harry Wilson briefly from his say, Liverpool days. Based on his performance in the championship last season, that's you think just, he's ready for the big justified. time? I was going to ask you that. I mean, this is this is your former guy who is one of My the best. My former guy. He, he was one of your favorite guys. Uh, I liked him at Liverpool. Well, no, just, I know, but I just, just said, 19 total goal involvements in the championship last season, which was... In 42 games? That's not much. At six or, pounds... Sorry, 29. 10 goals, 19 assists. It's just... It's a lot. I mean, he's the most creative player in the championship. He created 106 chances in the during the season, which is a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. So Can I, can I just say, at six pounds, six pounds is, is the price point for probably my fourth midfielder. Out of five. Okay. In my squad. Yeah. I am not scared of Harry Wilson being my fourth midfielder for a Fulham club where I'm not going to, you know, it's nice to get, you got to get some discount guys from some clubs that you don't have a lot of players from. You get a three player max for each club, right? Mm -hmm. So you know you're going to, you know, you're going to run into that three player max for Liverpool, for City. Uh, probably not Chelsea this season, but that's for a future episode. Arsenal, maybe, Dave? Maybe, yeah. Uh, But Fulham, nah. Harry Wilson at six pounds is my fourth midfielder. Not scared. Potentially, I feel like that could be good to start the season, depending on their schedule, which I admittedly, as I sit here, I don't. they start with Liverpool, of course. But then after that, it's it's okay. It's it's a bit of a yo-yo back and forth. Wolves and Brentford game weeks two and three. I think, I mean, you could just caveat this whole entire episode up front by saying it's going to take some stones on whoever you are to start your season with a player from any promoted club. And I would include Mitrovic in that. Well, thank you for bringing him up because that was where I was going to go next. I, Alexander Mitrovic. I'm just I'm I'm just saying like I I also like I we've talked about players similar to this in previous seasons who had fantastic like you you if you wanted the the one you should get into pretty quickly is your goal and assist uh, championship, Ratio. championship, championship to, to Premier yes, League yes. conversion rate. Well, I'm going to use that when we get to Nottingham Forest as well. And I'm saying that because uh, just to end the Harry Wilson point. All right, he was one. He was the second highest rated player in the championship last season, second only to his teammate Alexander Mitrovic, who we've seen before. Wow. Harry Wilson has been in the league. Who, he he's twenty five now. He performed well, I would say, given his the the short time that we saw him in Which the Premier was, League. He, well, Liverpool had loaned him to Bournemouth, right? Right, and he had some great. He had some moments. He had some moments. So it's not a guy who's going to be completely unfamiliar. A team who was just in the Premier League a couple seasons ago. I just think if you have Harry Wilson as one of your as one of your midfielders. I think that's pretty amazing. And well, I, and I salute you if you do. Okay, that. I don't think it's the, that. 
the, I, it's I not it's, crazy. It's going to be fine. It's, it's the caveat is I don't know as I'm sitting here. I haven't researched this yet. <laughs> in, all, in all actuality, I haven't even set up my squad yet right, on the Dave, website. Uh, but what, uh, Brian, real quick. I don't know what other 6.0 midfielders are out there. I was just going to ask Dave. Would yeah. you, Dave, would you rather have Harry Wilson or one of your midfielders, Emile Smith-Rowe or Gabriel Martinelli, both also six? Well, we know Wilson's going to be playing every game, every single game. Yep. So I'll that, take my that's, two. That's one up there. The Arsenal has added some players who's going to make getting into the squad a little bit more peppish. Yep. Um, and Pe- so Pep Guardiola, to be clear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I would go leading with Wilson, but like the thing is too, if, if you're looking at like six zero and like six five guys, mm-hmm. like if you can get up to six five. Like James Ward Prowse <laughs> is a six five. Uh, and for those of you who had a wager on how many episodes it would take for James Ward Prowse <laughs> to get mentioned, whoever guessed the first one won. So new congr- season, new season, uh, new listeners. Let me explain. Last year, uh, I dared Dave to keep James Ward Prowse for the entire season. It was a fun experiment in how to play FPL, and uh, and we covered that at length throughout the entire season last year. Dave ended the season not hating James Ward-Prowse as much as I thought he would. I still hate him as much as I always have, and uh, keep listening throughout the season to hear why. But okay, so we've established Harry Wilson could be an option. Uh, Bruno Gomerish from Newcastle is six, also six. Six. Okay. Uh, so I would rather have Bruno. Okay. I liked what I saw from Bruno last year, but I'm telling you, it won't surprise me if four weeks in we're like, you know, Harry Wilson – Doing some things. No, I agree. Right, like, I, no I, I, I'm saying that this is – I'm saying that the, the potential it's, – it's not like an unproven uh, – it's not a nothing player for sure. who had a great championship season and is like, all right, well, he's Correct. Gonna, it's not Anthony Knockhart who's on the same <laughs> team yeah. who had also flashes of brilliance in the Premier League uh, that you would just what, say – Do those flashes – I think they came back in like 2013 – it's been a long time. It's not that it's not long, long ago. Like QPR days, I think. That's a long time That's ago. And that predates this podcast. Look, Can we not talk about Harry Wilson and Fulham midfielders anymore? No, we're, we're, we're done. We're, we're, we're definitely done. All right, there's one other player in Fulham that we do need to discuss. Brian, you said, and I love that you said this. You set me up so perfectly. You have to have some stones to have anyone from a promoted club we're going to discuss in this episode into your squad to start the season. And yet, as we sit here... There are 11.9% of lineups created to date that include Alexander Mitrovic. I'm not surprised by that. At 6.5 pounds at forward, there are a million options better than Mitrovic at forward. Can I just say, but- we have seen this song and dance before lots and lots of times. This is not going to be great. The last two seasons ago, when they were in the league, he scored three goals. Three goals. Scott, no one's denying that. So I, so let's, let's talk about the guys around him. There's 11.9% of people, I guess, what, that would deny that. Once we that. start talking about guys around him, I think your point will be made. Brian, Kelechi Inacho. No. Or Mitrovic. Mitrovic. Okay. That surprised me slightly. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Go to his teammate. Go to go to Inacho's teammate. Barty. No, the other one. Daka. I would take Daka oh. over Mitrovic. Daka is, is six. Daka locked in to start no, though? I think that's exactly why. I'm not I'm not I'd still take Daka. All right. I'm I would you would never take the guy who's gonna be a rotation risk compared to the focal point. 
Right. I agree. There's no way Mitrovic isn't starting. What about, uh, Brian, one of your, honestly, one of your favorite players of all time, uh, Neil Maupe? No, I don't want Maupe. (laughs) I don't want You would rather have Mitrovic over Maupe and Ianacho? Yeah, I, I don't want Maupe at all. I, like what, I, what I, about this this obscure Manchester City guy Alvarez down here a new signing at six five? If he like this is where I think a lot of the preseason minutes are going to come into it. If he plays, if he were to get in the team and start playing, I okay. think there's a lot of. Pro- I think Manchester City fans seem to be pretty pumped about, about their about their no about all of their starting their starting midfielders and their starting strikers. The potential for everyone that they have. Is is you know the sky's the limit for everyone that they've signed and all of their young players. There's a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement, rightfully so, for Manchester City. But getting back to Sid, I'm, not, to I'm still not taking. I would not take the the B striker for Manchester City over Mitrovic because it, at a six five, if he's your third striker, uh, you got to feel good about that because he's playing every game. Yeah, Barring he's, injury, he's playing he's every game. He's going to play every game. And I would say all the other 6-5 players, I mean, honestly, Danny Welbeck is the one who's way more intriguing to me to start the season. To start the season. Until he gets that red triangle. Right. Yeah. So he'll Danny play three Welbeck, games. Danny Welbeck would be way it? more intriguing to me to start the season, especially Brighton's, like, look, I don't want to talk about Mope a, a ton, but Manchester United, Newcastle, West Ham, Leeds, Fulham. Is how that's the first five matches for Brighton out of the gate. It's not terrible, Scott. I do want to bring this up. Last time he, uh, Mitrovic was in the league two years ago, mm-hmm. he only played thirteen hundred eighty nine minutes. Okay, now compared to two years before that when he played in the league again, because Fulham is the Norwich, Norwich and Fulham rotate every year. Before that, he had thirty two hundred minutes in that season. He scored 11 goals and four assists. Technically, he was on pace for that and or more though his last trip in the league. The problem was he got hurt. So, and, and honestly, I think he's a pretty durable guy. Brian, how many games did he play in the championship last year? Um, I I don't have that directly. Okay. In front of me. I do. He played 44 matches in the championship. That's very impressive. That's a, that's, a, that's the entire season. He scored. So, it's close. He it's, scored 43. It's that he scored 43 goals, goals and had seven and a, seven assists. Right. It's that he outshot the next closest goal. Any any player. The next he outshot the next closest player in the championship by 30 right. shots. 92 shots for Mitrovic last season. The next closest was 62. <sighs> All right. So. I, I'm not saying, like, and, look. And, but, but, but hold on, real quick. This is something else I want to say. Scott, last year he was 26. This year he's going to be 27. That is how age works. <laughs> My point being this, you're, you're, you're basing him yeah. on his formative years as a striker two years ago. <laughs> two yep. years ago when he was 24. Four years ago, when he was back in the league, when he was 20, 22, my point being is we're looking at as a young striker in the league, and now he scores 43 goals in the championship at age 26. He's going to be 27 this year. He could have two or three years, assuming he- good health, what did, what where did, he's able to really produce. Right, I think just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that to what, make your point. What did, I haven't considered him, and I, and I I am. What did Ivan Tony do in the championship last season? He was in the 30s. 
I mean, he wasn't. I don't think he got to. No, four. Tony had set the uh, goal scoring record. Oh, did he? Yeah. I yeah. Either way, Ivan Tony, who I would say, at the very least, you would have to say Tony was. Oh, I, okay. I stand corrected. So I clearly am not following the championship very closely. It was thirty-one goals for Tony, and Mitrovic blew so right 43. past. Forty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony, last year in twenty-nine hundred minutes, had. 12 goals for six. Yeah, it was it's pretty it was, good. It was okay. It, it beat the ratio a little bit. Right. He No, he. I'd say he had a massive dip in the middle of the season, but he came on a little strong there at the end of the season. I'm just saying... Mitrovic isn't as crazy a thought as I started to... That's right. where I, I just wanted to get there. I'm, okay. All right, yeah. all right. All right. I'm, and I'm and I still would say you're going to... Like, 11% is... Almost 12 and by the way, the internet this, fact checkers out there who are listening to this are going to scream for me to say that Dave, he's actually 27 now, about to turn 28 in September. So everything you said is just so he's up 27 a, up now, going to be 28 during the season. All right, that's fine. Okay. I like. I still think 11 percent of you know a team selected by right now for me to watch. Yeah, I think it will go up. Okay, especially like. If he has, if Fulham starts playing, you know, they if he scores goals in the preseason, which you'd say if he's playing, you'd, inevitably he's going to. I just think if he hits form over the summer, it's only going to boost him. I mean, you'll see it. I mean, you'll see it soon enough. And I just, I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's insane. I still think it's crazy to start your season with someone from a promoted team <laughs> to start the season. I still just feels so like uh, I don't know. There's still it's something so icky about what it. What makes it know. a little bit more unbelievable, and then we're moving on off of Fulham, is the fact that Holland and Kane are massive costs. They're, yeah. So if you want right. to go with a second striker that's cheaper to help balance that out. Mitrovic is an easy landing spot, yep. and then add a, thir- a throwaway uh, striker throwaway for your third. other position. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why the 12%, Scott, almost 12% does make some sense to me for sure. So, Dave, I know this is not a league championship podcast, but off the top of your head, without looking, do you happen to know who Fulham's manager is to start the season? It's Hint. not. It's not. It's not uh, Scott. Uh, it's not Scott Parker. Not he Scott is Bournemouth's manager to start the season. Yeah, Fulham's manager is Marco Silva. Remember him? Marco Silva? Yeah, you remember Marco Silva. Marco Silva's a good manager. Well. I gotta, as long as he's not managing for Watford. He's a good championship manager, time well, will tell on the Premier enough. League. Uh, although history says that Fulham will make way for Norwich by the end of the season. Wow. All right, let's talk about. Absolute fact, so can't <laughs> deny that. All right, let's talk about Bournemouth. I have the same fears just a little less hold on, hold so. On. Real quick, because I might back it up. If not, we'll just keep on and you go on that same train of thought. Do, we, do you want to have a Mitrovic uh, goal bet? No, not yet. 11 goals or more? Is he still triangle-shaped in his upper body? Of course he is. Okay, just making sure. Do you, do you want to make a bet? No, not yet. Let's get closer to the start of the season. It's a little early. It's a little early. Okay. For those who are new to our podcast, Dave and I typically will make a handful, two yes. handfuls of bets during the season. Every year uh, in the history of our podcast, I've won more bets than he has. Until this past year, Dave did I think a, one year we tied. Dave did a clean. You're saying that with absolute certainty. Last I'm year, I was on that. severe medical leave, and because of that, Dave <laughs> did a clean the sweep on our the bets. The only way I could win is Scott yep, had to yep, that's pretty my story. much die. This, that's my story. 
It's true. All of all of the bets were made. I was medically right dead before, as Scott was going under. As the anesthesiologist is putting the yeah, needle in Scott's. Yeah. Like, I made all those bets on drugs. Do That's it. all I'm saying. <laughs> sure, Dave. We'll bet on this that. This podcast will not start without a Mitrovic bet. I will. Uh, you make 100% it. Make sure it happens. Make sure allow it happens. that. All right. Two Bournemouth. Uh, Scott from Scott Parker's old club to his new club as manager. Bournemouth is very familiar as well. Now, we're still early in the summer transfer window. That's the caveat to all of these conversations. So, for instance, Bournemouth does have a new defender on their list now. West Ham's Ryan Fredericks is now Bournemouth's Ryan Fredericks. That feels like a decent signing. That's a solid signing. But still, when you look everywhere else, it's pretty much the same. Is there anything to be excited about here with Bournemouth? Well, I like to see that I like to see that old David Brooks is is back in action, right? For sure, that uh, kid like had a battle with cancer or something crazy, like and, leukemia or something, wasn't it? Yeah, if yeah. only there was a way. Yeah, and matter. and he's back playing, so I love I love that. But you're right. I'm looking. It's at, not like up. he was actually dead or anything, Brian. No, that is true. Uh, uh, no, no Bournemouth midfielder, by the way, is over 5.5, including which, Sir David Brooks. Which makes complete sense because unlike Fulham and uh, Harry Wilson, there is, no, uh, there is no Bournemouth midfielder that you look at down through the list, statistically at least, and you'd say, wow, that really jumps out. Philip Billing, uh, 20 total goal involvements for uh, Bournemouth last season, 10 goals, 10 assists. If you put Philip Billing... <laughs> As anything other than a last spot no. on your bench midfielder, I don't know what to tell you. He's 5.5. He's too expensive for that. He's I the, know. He, he's That's the, what I'm saying. He's Eve Basuma 2.0, and he's 5. He's, he's more expensive than – like last year, Basuma was in a lot of lineups because he was 4.5. But um, it's 5.5. No, thank you. Creatively speaking, uh, Jaden Anthony – if he is, uh, if he's anywhere in a reasonable range, he's he had one of the, he was one of the best at creating big chances for this championship you're, last you're season. You're really reaching. I'm saying this is as good as it gets because yep. there's only the the one player is Dominic Solanke, and he has never performed in the Premier League in all of his oppor- Now Dave's now, gonna make all the second. same arguments, but he's young. Blah blah blah. But he's had his he's, – he's, I get it. He's only 24, but – in, in the year 19 and 20, that season, <laughs> uh-huh. he played 1,600 minutes. Okay. Fast math there. He played okay. – He played the equivalent of 17 games, Scott. All right. He had three goals and two assists. <laughs> <laughs> that is really fantasy stat worthy. And right – how old was he? How old is he now? He He's 24. 24. He'll, he, okay, his birthday so, is close to Mitrovich's. He'll be 25 for most of the season. So that was He's that young. Was I get it. Two years ago. I, I'm just saying, like. I don't think it. I'm not banking on this translating. He's only six compared to Mitrovich's 6.5, but. No, thanks. He's got a Dave, he's the classic case of a guy that you and I are always saying, he's got to show me something first. For sure. No, I, I'm not saying you go to him. I just. Yeah. That's you, all. You, you just were poo pooing him really quick. I am. Look, we to to use the Ivan Tony scale. He's only two off of what Ivan Tony did. Okay. Last season, coming I like into this. this Ivan Tony scale. What I'm saying is that Ivan Tony was a darling coming in. If Dominic Solanke had, not not in not in my chair, he wasn't. He was for I, everyone else. I'm saying that yeah. for sure. There was a lot of what I'm saying is there was a lot of buzz about Tony coming into the season last too much. season. 
with just two more goals than what Solanke scored right. last season. If right. Mitro, if Solanke comes in as the leading goal scorer on 29, I feel like it's different. Mitrovic blowing everyone completely out of the water last season well, great. in the championship changes the perspective on it. It just feels more like, yeah, that's about right. Okay. He was second best in the in the championship scoring, which means I can happily ignore him coming into the <laughs> Premier League season. Perfect. Yeah. Is there anything else about these two clubs? I want to spend the majority of our time on the, the I, new faces. I think you should. Hold say, on. I, I Are think, we doing club histories? I just think you just should. for Nottingham Forest. I think we know should. Fulham and Bournemouth at this point. We've done this already. I'm excited. We that might I have get, new listeners that don't know the club history, we, Scott. We do a segment on this podcast, uh, specifically. I do it where I create an unofficial, incomplete club history. In the past, I've done it for all three promoted clubs. I'm not doing that this time. We've done this for Fulham already. We've done this for Bournemouth already. I'm gonna. It doesn't I'm gonna mean do that I remember Nottingham. everything well, about them. Here's the thing you need to remember about Bournemouth, and the thing that I'm excited that I get to see for 38 matches this season. Well, 19 matches this season. I'm excited that we get to see those man nipples on the side of the stand again every time we see Bournemouth play a home match. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. There's this man nipples. Yes. There's this uh, picture what? on the side of the stand that's on the camera side. So we get to see it when we when the camera shifts to the left. Goal. On that side of the stadium, there's this scene of celebration of players celebrating, and some of them have their kits off, and it's just this big picture of man nipples celebrating past <laughs> Bournemouth success. What's wrong with what's wrong with man nipples? Now I can't not see this every time I watch a Bournemouth home match. Now that I've said this, I'm I'm happy that you all get to share in this with me. I've never I focused on the man nipples. Well, now you will. And wow. It's one of those things where you probably don't remember the last time you've seen a golden car, but now the next time you see a car that's painted gold, you're going to be like, oh, Scott said something about a gold car because it's in your mind. It's in your consciousness now. Man nipples at Bournemouth is in your consciousness. It can't get out. I'm it shouldn't. By I'm the way, excited. Bournemouth plays at home week one against Aston Villa. <laughs> okay. Is there, but seriously, I will do an incomplete, unofficial club history for Nottingham Forest, so stay tuned to this episode. But we've done this for these clubs. These yo-yo clubs, you don't get the same treatment. You're not new anymore. I'm sorry. You're bad enough to be demoted. Now you're promoted. Congratulations. Right. We've talked I, about you. Let's move on. I think, no, I think you should say again, look at these rosters. It's the same. Look at the rosters of these teams. There is. Tell me what Premier League team that you would say got worse this this off season so far. None. Not one. Maybe if Christian Eriksen leaves Brentford, that's not good for them. But that's. I mean, I don't think he's. Well, even, he has I, left. I was going to say Eriksen's yeah. not listed on the on the Premier League site on FPL. You cannot select him right now. So that's not good for for Brentford. But it's still like they're the most of the rest of the teams intact, and it's not like they were fighting for survival at the very end of the season. No, but but neither was Sheffield after year one, and then they got demoted year two. Right. So Brentford is so, Sheffield. So in there's my mind. so there's your so there's yep. your low bar. Brentford is my right first. Pre- I'm on record now saying Brentford is my first prediction for demoted club at the end of this season. I, I just think that's 
man, if it's not Brentford, Bournemouth, and Fulham again, I, I'll be shocked. I just, I'm not sure where yeah. else it's going to go. Everton's yeah. not going to be worse, are they? They're not going to be that close they, to the they, bottom there's again. There's no way they couldn't. And Leeds, Leeds is at least signing people. Leeds, yeah, there's another there's one. But <laughs> Le- Le- well, Leeds isn't better, but they're different. Well, they're the, very different. Leeds losing Calvin Phillips is massive. But they signed Tyler Adams. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, like we. I, Leeds, think, I know Calvin Leeds, Phillips. This is no, no, no. Leeds stayed up without Calvin Phillips. Now they have at least Tyler Adams. Can't it, be worse than what they went through to stay okay. up at the end of last season. I, yeah, I just this is right. I'm just saying, <laughs> maybe it's fair. It's fair. this is rough. Yeah, Fulham and this Bournemouth is, is this rough. This stuff is this is rough. But rough looking. I don't think the transfer window closes till is it September first again now? So after the season has started, Freaking so there is so there's so much time left as we're sitting here. We recognize that. We're recording this on Thursday, July seventh. Just to be clear on uh, on the content that we're providing here, but I want to get to Nottingham Forest. This okay. is the club I actually right. want to talk well, about. Well, finally, let's do an actual normal finally. promoted club. We talked about Harry Wilson for effing six minutes, but we didn't get a club history hey. and or a limerick. Something else about Harry Wilson. <laughs> do you remember? He, oh, you're oh you're being for real. Just that he seemed. He just was really. Uh, eager to clean, clean. Just seemed like a, a like clean, he shaved, clean like shaved, bathed. Yeah, yeah. Wore deodorant, hair slicked back. Well, also that. I wonder if Jurgen just Klopp a, is still a clean in his, boy. a contact in his a, phone. Probably. Yeah, let's talk about Nottingham Forest. So they are new, new-ish. I mean, obviously they they are not new to English football fans, but if you just joined following the Premier League in the last, oh, I don't know, five to ten years. This is a new club for you. And uh, and so it's exciting to have them here. Sometimes having a squad of guys that are new to the Premier League as well is not a bad thing. Two years ago we saw that with Sheffield United. Last year we saw that with Brentford. Is Nottingham Forest going to have a year one like Brentford had and Sheffield had in the last couple of years? No. <laughs> you think they're going down too? No, I just don't think I don't think you can expect them to do what those other clubs did. I just I You're not know. seeing it. You're not seeing it. I just it. am not I just am not I'm not wild about anything that they that any of these teams are bringing and it's mostly because I just think the low bar in that in the Premier League it was Leeds and Everton barely scraping by. I don't but they I feel like by the end of the season, they both were, they both had new managers. They were both learning how to play for those managers. There's nobody else that's around that area that you're like, oh yeah, they are gonna be, they're gonna, they they either have something that was there was some turmoil there, there was some reason that they're gonna get, like sucked back down. I, I just I. I don't know. I mean, if they, you know, maybe if they have, you know, one of these teams, one of the promoted teams has an amazing, like, up to the World Cup part of the season that sustains them the rest of the season, fine. But, like, I think everyone was waiting, like, last year, I think everyone was kind of waiting for the Brentford drop off, and it didn't happen. Brentford mm-hmm. was playing great at the end of the, it was, yeah. they were playing really well, and they were playing hard. Like I said before, Christian Eriksen being there and now not being there, 
can't could hurt it could that's yeah. not that's not good but either way i mean it's just it's going to be what every promoted club faces whenever they're in the league scrapping and fighting for every possible point they can get it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of like negative movement from the teams that stayed in. you know what i mean you know like all of those mid table and like what used to be like the iffy teams they're they don't feel like that anymore Crystal Palace is not iffy. Uh, Villa are they iffy? They're no. not iffy. Wolves not iffy. Like all of uh, Newcastle, These are Newcastle now with oh, yeah. money to spend. Europa like, League at least for them. Southampton might be one of the teams where you're like, yeah, it's not. Nah, not they'll fantastic, be good but That's exactly it. Fourteenth place, Southampton. Hassenhutel is still there, and yep. they still have basically the same nucleus that is capable. Yep. Uh, what I'm saying is, I just, you tell me, where do you see a where do you see a weakness that could be exploited by one of the promoted clubs? I just, yeah, with these lineups, I don't know, man. I I hear that. Let me start with my incomplete, unofficial club history. And use that to continue our conversation of Nine Force. Is that fair? I love it. I've been waiting for this for forever. <laughs> All right. It sounds good. Well, here I go. I was on the Nottingham Forest website itself looking at the history that they have there of their own club. And the way the club was formed, I, I loved it so much that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna plagiarize it. Now, it's is it plagiarism if I cite that I'm getting this from the website? Okay. If you say it word for word it's still kind of plagiarizing, but at least you're citing that you're taking it directly okay. from Okay, well, I'm doing that because okay. I loved this. So it says this. In 1865, which as American Premier League fans, I mean, we I, I know I do. I still marvel at these origin stories that go back into the 1800s for these clubs. Yeah. No American sports league and sports team has that. Yeah. I mean, in 1865... Uh, we were coming out of a civil war. I was going to say, we're we're still civil warring at this point. But in England, specifically in Nottingham, it says this. In 1865, a group of Nottingham-based shinny, S-H-I-N-N-E-Y, I see your face, Dave. A group of Nottingham-based shinny, which is a sport similar to hockey... Mm. players met at the Clinton Arms on Shakespeare Street. It was here that J.S. Scrimshaw, yes, that has to be the name of this person who would do this, that J.S. Scrimshaw's proposition to begin playing football instead was passed and Nottingham Forest Football Club was born. How awesome is that paragraph? That's amazing. We are officially changing the name of the podcast to the J.S. Scrimshaw America podcast. No, it needs to be limited after that. The J.S. Scrimshaw Limited. J.S. Scrimshaw Limited FPL America podcast. That's not wordy at all. No. Uh, We can find a theme song for that. Their first match was in 1866, so a year later, against Knott's County, which is also a club that's still uh, in uh, formation. And, uh, And so that... Okay, so all that happened. Now... When it comes to Nottingham Forest's history as a whole, their prime years, as is often the case for some of these new clubs to the Premier League, uh, were were many decades ago. 
So, for instance, when you look at the trophies that they've won, they won the FA Cup twice in 1898 and 1959. They did win the first division once. That's what the uh, Premier League used to be before it was actually called the Premier League. They won the first division in 1977-1978. They've won the League Cup four times, but the most recent one was 1990. And they've won some European trophies, but again, that was back in 1979-1980. Still doing it. Still doing it. Still here. Still still a thing. The, do you remember, you guys might not remember this. I remember this a little bit because I created an unofficial club history for Watford last season. Which, yes, I get it. I did it for Watford last season. I'm not doing it this season for Bournemouth and Fulham. We're moving on. But do you remember when I talked about Watford's history and like their glory years under Graham? I think it was Graham Taylor. And like that was the when they were at their best, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Okay. Well, Nottingham Forest's version of that is under Brian Clough and Peter Taylor, which is when they won all these trophies in the late mid to late 70s, okay. 1970s. Right. So Brian Clough and Peter Taylor were kind of the source of their success at the managerial level during that time. That's going to be important later when I do another tradition of this segment, which okay. is end it with a club-based limerick. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. I love this. All right, some fun facts. So their nickname is the Reds, competing with Liverpool. There's a caveat there. The Tricky Trees. The Tricky Trees. Well, sure. Okay. The forest, yeah, I get so, it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> like that's really cool to be called the Tricky Trees. You're going to be the Reds? You're going to be the Tricky Trees, bro. We'll be the tricky trees. But the Reds explains their kit. <laughs> we'll move on from that. But I do like tricky trees as well. Right. Uh, you'll is, that love a, this. is that a Macbeth thing? That come tricky from Macbeth? trees? Yeah. It's possible. Remember the forest? <laughs> they dress up in branches like the forest is moving and Macbeth is going crazy. Remember that? Remember Macbeth? Do you, remember, do you know Shakespeare? I do know Shakespeare. Okay, I'm just, just wondering. Was Shakespeare from Nottingham? Just at no, I, I don't think so. I'm just teasing. All right, so they play their matches at the city ground, and they've been playing there since 1898. I love how plain that is. No, I'm serious. I really do. Like, you want to come to? Oh, you you're gonna have a. a you better pack a lunch if you're coming to city ground today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I love that. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, there's a picture that I found on their website of a fire that they had in their main stand in 1968. That's not good. It was, of course, built of wood, so it quickly lit up in flames. And, uh, yeah, not good at all. But, you know, obviously their their stadium's been built back up. Stands, including one named, I think, after Brian Clough, uh, as, as tends to happen with some of these clubs. It makes it so that their attendance now, I think it's somewhere in the 30,000s that it can be when it's filled. But their highest attendance in history is back in 1967. This is when they probably packed a bunch of standing people in. Uh, almost 50,000 is their highest attendance. What I love about the records page of their website is that they also have a lowest attendance <laughs> listed here, which was back in 2005 for a League Cup match. And it was just over 5,000. Makes me so happy that they That's have That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's so That's awesome. such a great stat. Yes, it is. I thought it was interesting that their they, they their record transfer fee. I feel like they should break this this summer at some point. Thirteen point two million pounds. They, I think they already have. Have they now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we can talk about Nico Williams uh, here in just a little bit. That is brand new, as we're saying. I was going to say, and Dean Henderson. What was the? I don't know what the transfer fee was. I think Nico Henderson. was seventeen. Okay. 
So they're they're definitely it used to be a guy named Joao Carvalho from Benfica back in 2018. And uh, yeah, it, they should be spending some money, so that's good. Now, we talked about their peak years back in the late mid to late 1970s. They had a 42 match unbeaten streak at that point uh, from 77 to 78, which is absolutely unreal. It spanned more than a year, 13 okay. months total. I thought that was fascinating. One other thing I'm going to mention besides the Limerick is that they have a player of the season award, as most clubs do. And some of the players who have won this award in the past are players that you know, Dave. Really? Yeah. And I'm not talking about guys like Eric Lehigh in 2017, who is an American. My assumption is no matter who you say, even if you said Lionel Messi, he's going to say who? who? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Go ahead. But he'd be saying who then to Mikhail Antonio, who won it back in 2015. Wow! And Maddie Cash, who won it in 2020. Hey, now, hey, now there hey, you go. Welcome to my FPL team, Maddie Cash. Gonna, I was going to say, uh, teaser for future Summer Series episodes. Uh, right now, Maddie Cash is in Dave Smith's lineup. That is a fact. Uh, there's a guy that we're going to hear a little bit about, I think, this season for Nottingham Forest, who won it back in 2019. Uh, his name is Joe Lolly. And last season's winner was Scott McKenna, defender for the club. We'll see who wins the award at the end of 2023 when the 2223 season comes to an end. All right. So that's the club in a nutshell. Can I give you my limerick to wrap this oh, man. segment up? If we're only getting one, Scott, this better be a hell of a one. What can I say? <laughs> Get the uh, squeaky duck censorship <laughs> squeaky duck yes. ready okay Brian, there's nothing that Brian loves more than a dirty filthy limerick if it's put the not, kids to bed folks if it's not filthy it's not a limerick like asking for a pizza that doesn't have cheese on it <laughs> oh this pizza's got cheese my friend Ooh, that's disgusting <laughs> here we go the Nottingham Forest Reds are back, Jack. They didn't get lucky. This ain't no blackjack. Opponents no longer get cluffed, but fans are also no longer chuffed. But they will be when they see Jack Cole back. Yeah! <laughs> wow! I think that was even metered properly, Brian. That's almost my, that's almost my FPL team name this season. Is Cluff the Coleback? Gosh. <laughs> All right. So, long... Nottingham Forest? <laughs> long time listeners of this podcast might remember that one of the. We talked about segments we do in this episode. One of the segments we created back in his Newcastle days was called The Colback Fact. <laughs> and I don't remember why it started, but I do remember it being a thing. I, I remember one of the Colback Facts. It might have been the first one. <laughs> was something about how Jack Colback was more inclined to get red cards because of his red hair. For sure. Does that sound right That's to you? That's exactly right. Okay. Somehow we developed a segment, <laughs> and honestly, it's one of my favorite segments, and we can only do it when Jack Colback's in the league. Otherwise, back. it's not a Jack Colback fact. <laughs> so, all that being said, they they aren't necessarily based in truth, but I love them nonetheless. And that's what makes the Jack Colback facts so great. So, Brian, it's a new season. Do you happen to have our inaugural mm -hmm. Colback fact for the 22-23 season? 
Uh, first, I want to say it's sad. I only have back to the 2018, like on my current computer, I only have notes back to 2018. So otherwise, I could go back and search the archives for <laughs> what we used to say about Jack Holback. But I, we did. It's sad. Uh, I'll just say it's been some time, like we okay. said. It's been for a sure. long time since we've done this. I'd say there's no segment that's been more missed. True story. On this podcast. True story. True story. And the Colback fact. Among the three of us at this table, that is a fact. In fact, that is a fact. It was on August 11th, 2019, that we said goodbye to the Ginger John Joe Shelby. (laughs) And I'm sure at that point we assumed it was going to be forever. (laughs) I thought I did. I thought he's 32. Yes. He's back, bro. That's not my fact, but he's he is back, 32 bro. years yeah. old. There, when back, he got dude. when he was let go by Newcastle, I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's great. But no, Nottingham Forest back in the Premier League, likely against what any Forest fan would have thought at the start of the season, our boy Jack, the Ginger Oriole Romeo, had an actually positive <laughs> hand in making it happen. <laughs> He also had a kind of negative hand in it. Yes, our sweet, sweet boy had, you guessed it, double-digit yellow cards in the championship this season, amassing a healthy 11 yellows in his 3,400 minutes of game time. He is our callback. Thank the Premier League gods he's back in the league. We said the word back. 50 times in the last six minutes. Jack Holback, yellow card machine, double digits every season that he played a majority of minutes in the in whatever league he was in. Just an absolute yellow card machine. How many reds, though? Well, one. He had one red. One, one red. One red last season. So, And he scored probably, you know, I would think... One of the goals of the season uh, in April, I think, it was a volley from, he was way out on the left of the pitch, a volley that I think, based on his reaction, he was not intending to kick it where it ended up going. <laughs> However, it was uh, it was an um, outstanding goal. Yeah, he had a pretty good, I think, once he got in uh, and actually got a chance, he played like he cared. And I think it was surprising to everybody. And he ended up becoming kind of an integral part of their uh, of their coming back to the Premier League. So welcome back, Jack Colback. I'm really excited uh, to send you back down again in, uh, in May. At least we'll have a season where at least maybe once a month or once every six pods we'll be able to have a Jack Colback fact. And that right there is a great enjoyment. Yeah. When he was that- last in the league, wasn't he a defender? Or am I misremembering? No, no, he's no, a midfielder. He's always, he's always been, been a midfielder. I know. He it. is. You are 100% thinking of Matt Ritchie. <laughs> he is the homeless man's <laughs> Matt Ritchie. And, and yes, he is a midfielder. All right. That's, that's good. Now, there's two names that I want to discuss that I think will be most relevant from, well, we need to discuss them. Their relevancy is, is debatable. Uh, we've discussed Jack Holback, uh, too much at this point, but highly worth it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I agree, Dave. We need to make sure that we continue this segment throughout the season. 
the first name I want to bring up is someone that I know, Dave, is in your lineup to start the season from Nottingham Forest. It's their goalkeeper, Dean Henderson. Now, Dean Henderson is doing a reverse Ramsdale. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. He's going from big yep. club to smaller club. Yep. He wants his shot, Scott. And, and that's he's... fine. I think this is a great signing for Nottingham Forest. Why in the hell is he in your FPL lineup to start the season? Well, because I want to have two starting goalkeepers. And here's the other thing, because I, I just thought about something, as here on the pod, absolutely live. It's one of the things I've said before. Actually, I probably will do this now that I look at it, because it might save me 0.5, is my, my first thought, sorry, multiple thoughts running through my mind, and we all know that that is a crowded place. That's like trying to send a turtle across a interstate. For sure. Yes, it is. Well, there's that one thing have we been... have said about your brain. It's never been that it's a crowded place. Uh, I'm sorry. I couldn't help. Touche. That's well, mean. Well, hey, hey, when it's there, the low-hanging fruit, Brian, when it's there, just grab it. So in the I went into this looking for a cheap goalkeeper that I know is a decent player. I mean, a couple years, you know, two years ago, if we had selected Emiliano Martinez as he was, you know, leaving Arsenal, which some people did, but, before, you know, once he got going with Villa, people were like, oh, they're, they're jumping on that team. Oh, yeah. Now, I know, I'm not expecting much, but Ramsdale to start the season, Arsenal's schedule to start the season is great. Ramsdale's going to be my starter most of the games. Henderson is there as a backup. Now, I do think, and this is something this pod has promoted for strategies, I definitely have promoted, and I think you can get away with this early on in the season because you're probably not playing certain chips. You're not bench boosting, although some people do as a strategy bench boost on week one because you know who's playing. But if you're not bench boosting week one, what I've also said is double up on one team. So, like, if you're if I'm going to go with Ramsdale, I should back him up with Turner very possibly, who is a 4-0 and who won't be playing. But then if Ramsdale doesn't play, then Turner will, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just locking into Arsenal goalkeeper. The problem with that is then that takes away another Arsenal player in the field, and I have two other, other Arsenal players in the yeah, field. I was going to say, you, you, that's, a, that's, not a, that's the wrong team to double up on a useless position. It probably is. It probably yeah. is. But if you do that for another team, you can save some money. If you go with, with Brighton, go with Sanchez and then whoever his backup is, so then if he gets hurt, you at minimum have that backup. You don't yeah. have to waste a transfer. Only early in the season would I recommend that. Later in the season, I would say, no, you know, maybe pick two and then pick matchups. Anyways, all that being said, at the moment, Henderson's in my lineup, and honestly, he'll probably stay there because I'm not getting rid of the two ar- other Arsenal players. So I think, Scott, he's a good player. Is he on a great team? No. But if what we have seen – is the last couple teams, Sheffield, Brentford, that have made it up to the Premier League for the first time in a very long time. They have a, uh, a renewed energy. Their fan base is, is a, has a new energy that everyone's pumped about it. And at least for half the first half of the season, those teams play decent. So, And then at the end, Scott, as you alluded to, they, they, the newness has worn off and the, the slog of the season – tends to wear on them, and they start falling off. But in the beginning of the season, they're decent. So I would just say, like, if you're going to go with someone, Dean Henderson, we all know, is a fantastic goalkeeper. I would absolutely take him on. Like, if you would have said to me last year, Dean Henderson or Ramsdale, I would have been like, Henderson, right? Now, Ramsdale played at Arsenal. He did great. So, I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not picking him now. But Dean Henderson's a fantastic player. 
I I am shocked, just on the Dean Henderson point, that there was a moment for sure last season where you would have said Dean Henderson is going to supplant David De Gea as the starting goalkeeper at Manchester United, and now we're at Dean Henderson starting for Nottingham Forest. I know it I, is what it's a. I, I it's, it's so bizarre. Honestly, hard for me to wrap my mind around saying those words that Dean Henderson is not the starting goalkeeper for Manchester United. He was better than De Gea. He was, absolutely. A lot of times. I am just shocked. De Gea ended the season well. I know. De Gea was, that's what I'm saying. De Gea was, he had such a resurgence last season. It's just extremely weird to me. It is weird. There's no question about that. Uh, The other guy I want to talk about is at the forward position. He is also six pounds, just like Solanke, who we discussed earlier. And that is a very young kid by the name of Brennan Johnson. Now, he was highly uh, discussed by... Uh, Dave was thinking who so hard. I could <laughs> you feel, feel it emanating. <laughs> well, his name... So he came on during... Uh, i got to the... be careful with championship clubs. That won't come out of my mouth much. But, you know. Well, he came on during the... Um, the playoff final, I think it was, and uh, and the announcers talked about him being, you know, the future of the club. I mean, he is only 21 years old as we're sitting here, and he's got a May birthday, so he'll be 21 for the majority of this season. Yeah, May birthday. But he played in pretty much every match last season. Scored 18 goals and 10 assists. Now, if you use my typical championship to Premier League ratio. I'm predicting that to end up being something like five and three, so maybe that's not so great. But I mean, that's a name that I'm looking at among these three clubs, uh, especially because I'm looking for discount forwards who might do something. Look, I I, I want to bring this up. Just obviously, this is a fantasy Premier League podcast, and and we do try to throw some things in there. Right now, currently, Jacob Murphy, who I think is a better player than the player I'm about to mention is in my last midfielder spot on my FPL lineup currently at the moment. He has the most talent of the people at 4-5 and probably the best chance to play. I don't know if Jacob Murphy is a locked-in starter. If you are looking for a locked-in starter, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, Jack Colback absolutely was a locked-in starter for Nottingham Forest last year, and he's listed at a 4-5. I'm just saying if you need someone to get you like two or three points every single week – it, as your fifth midfielder, last place, as much as we mock it, Jack Colback at a 4-5 might be your guy. That's a, easily the dumbest thing you've said on this episode. Right, Brian? Just to, no, Cole, I mean, it's yes. true. If you got if you, if you want a player who's going to play, then yeah, you could choose you could choose him. He's just <laughs> he's expensive. Like you're not going like you're, you're At 4-5 that's the no. cheapest that they go. No, sorry. What I mean is, he's expensive because he has red hair. What I'm saying is, <laughs> no, I'm saying that he's, you're not going to put somebody, yeah, if you want somebody at the very end of your bench, Jack Colback is just as good of a name as anybody else. Not Harry Arder. Harry Arder didn't play. Okay. Didn't, he's, Scott's exactly right. All right. But no, Jack Colback, Premier League experience for sure. Yeah. He's, like I said, he was, he had, played himself into an integral role by the end of the season for Nottingham Forest. So to your point, 
if just you want, if, an, if, if you want, if if you want a fifth midfielder who's going to play, who is going to play, at a four Jack fullback is a guy that is an option. That's it. That's all. I, that's all I want to bring up. Even though currently he's not in my team, Jacob Murphy is. Uh huh. But that kid's talented. I just don't know if he's going to be a locked-in starter. You, know? you won me over on the Mitrovic thing. At least got me to say it wasn't as dumb as it seemed. Right, you're not going to get me on the Colback thing. And you're just completely blown off the Brandon Johnson mention. Who? Okay, there it is. That's all I've got for Nottingham Forrest then. Look, I, I think I think Forrest is going to be fine. I really do. I, I'm looking at their lineup, and I don't know these names, which is kind of fun. But I'm – but I'm telling you, the last and maybe this is just a recency bias, but the teams that do make it up, and it's been a while since they've been up, at minimum for the first half of the season. I mean, it is it is all points go like they're at it, and and I like that. Was Nottingham Forest the one nil FA Cup win for Liverpool at the like near the later stages of the FA Cup? Was that who Liverpool had to win one nil against? I think it was Nottingham Forest. Like Jota scored a late goal, and there was some yes. controversy about whether or not that was even an onside goal. It was at Nottingham Forest, it was one nil. You are correct. And as we're, I, as I'm backtracking a bit on what I had said a little bit ago about uh, how garbage all of these teams are, Nottingham Forest. Uh, knocked your guys out of the FA Cup. They did. So Joe, I Jack still, Colback did play in that match. I still don't think it's great. I think it's different in the league than it is to say like, oh, this is a. It's still a, a win's a win, and a, you know if you're fighting. It for is a, different. The FA Cup is different. Arsenal didn't have their normal Premier League guys going, but look, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Forrest beat them. Arsenal put out a really good squad, and and they were going for the FA Cup. That was a trophy that they had a chance at winning, and they, Forrest beat them. So I, I'm just saying, like I think this team's got some talent. We might not know some of the names, and I'm okay with having Henderson as my second goalkeeper going into the start of the season. Um, I will nearly certainly have a Nottingham Forest player on my team. Uh, we talked about it a little bit ago. Despite what you said at the start of this episode? The reason why, Nico Williams, according to reports that are out there available now, Nico Williams is signing with, with Nottingham Forest. The fee is reported to be uh, closer to $17 million. 17 million pounds. This breaking news on this pod? No, this is this was well. Uh, Nico Williams. Okay, so this is this is news that was that was out today that was available out there, and it's just that Nico. That's Williams, a big deal. That's a big deal because he's a four zero, yeah. and if they're bringing him in, he's going to start for them. I will absolutely have him in there in my team instead of Yannick Vestergaard, who's also a four zero. He, he's a, probably he's a, starting. Yes, he's Credit. a nothing option for Liverpool at four but for Nottingham Forest. Credit to Sam Martin, who is the Leicester City, the reporter okay. of, of record for Leicester City, who is also avid uh, FPL information. Sam Martin talked about it earlier. A guy who, like he said, uh, a price tag to live up to. Nico Williams coming in, like we just talked about a little bit ago. If he's if he's approaching record signing or is a record signing for them at the point that he's being signed. And he's a four million dollar defender. Like, depending on how your team is going to be set up, 
Like to me, that's one of his the, ownership. Every right now is two point eight. It will absolutely and some people probably. I guarantee you that was not like that earlier in the day, or maybe even yesterday, and that's changed. There's no other reason why people would own him, but that is the, other than the fact that again he will be starting. It's fair to say for Nottingham Forest. If you are the record signing coming in, also, also look that kid can play right. He can absolutely play, and they brought in Dean Henderson, so they brought in a goalkeeper and a and a defender to help them out. I just think that look, Forrest is whoever is in charge of Forrest is like, hey, we got to be able to win one nothing games, and so they're investing in their defense and their goalkeeper. That's not horrible. Well, right now, so when you Google Nottingham Forest record signing, there is a striker that comes up that is from two weeks ago. Um. And he's a player we have not discussed, but he's probably going to be someone that we will want to discuss. But Brian, I'm going to tease this for this weekend. The The most popular segment on this podcast is How to Say with Brian J. Uh, that's undeniable. What are you eating there, Dave? Got a big piece of ice okay. left over from my, <laughs> left name, over from my bourbon pool. <laughs> this name is is good enough to be a part of the inaugural How to Say with Brian J for the new season. So, Brian, that's your assignment. I'm teasing that for the next episode of this podcast for our new listeners. Nottingham Forest, as we're sitting here, their record signing at Stryker. Potentially, depending on what the point something is with the Nico Williams signing, based on what you're saying, maybe Nico Williams will overtake this. But that's going to be our how to say as a follow up on this on this episode. Lyle Taylor, yes, that guy. Ah, it's not it. Is it? No. Does it have a bunch of vowels in it? There are four. Well, there's four in the last name, and okay. three in the first name. Oh so, man, I love a, a good a, vowel and name a, and a vowel alternate. I see. Hey, so doubling back again, and and we need to end this soon. But Forrest. Is, is signed a striker of value. They have now signed a defender of value and then a goalkeeper. Force is at least, at least spending doing money. Something. That's right, exactly Scott? Right. Where Fulham and Bournemouth seem to be just like, okay, we'll take the money, we'll go back down to the championship, <laughs> and then we'll come back. But Force is like, no, we're going to spend some money. Yeah. Right? So credit to Forrest at this point. And, and honestly. But it's not just spending money. It seems like they're doing, they're spending money with good guys at key places. Yeah. To your point. Yeah. Guys who also know about how to play at the top flight, like Dean Henderson does, Nico Williams does, and this striker, while not in the Premier League, was playing in the top flight in Germany. And so, you know, he's going to be, he's not going to be scared. No. And for whatever reason, with one caveat to this, it does seem like that German players from the, when they come to the Premier League seem to do who's, well. Who's the one caveat, Dave? The one caveat is Mr. Timo Werner. Timo Werner. But, but other than that, most of the guys who come over that were playing in Germany do decent in the Premier League. So, uh, so we'll see that this is great. This is this will give us more to talk about in the future, and I love it. If that's see, true, bringing this full circle that gives Leeds hope, right? Because Tyler Adams doesn't he come from? Does he come from Leipzig? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there you go. Does uh, does the defensive record of championship teams matter to you as they come into the Premier League? Uh, That's more transferable than goals, and you know it. Defense, yeah. Uh, eh. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Premier League offenses are prolific. Sheffield was hard to break down season one. 
and but they, they were weird. They they had a weird formation. Yeah, going overlapping on. center backs. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. I just to me. But but what happened in year two? That's what I mean. Premier it League took, offenses figured it, it out. It took two years. Less than yeah. So of all like no matter how good Sheffield was in the championship, whenever they came up, they were hard to break down. Season one. Yeah. And relegated season two. Right. Uh, it just relegated look, hard. Looking <laughs> at looking at so like Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth were two of the top defensive clubs in the championship last season. But you're doing that based on fewest goals conceded. So Nottingham yeah. Forest conceded 40 goals in 46 matches. Look, look, just looking at hard numbers and hard data on over a season-long defensive statistic. Bournemouth allowed 39 goals in 46 matches in the championship. That's very good. I just, I just, it, to me, I still think you're gonna look, like no matter what, you're gonna look at. How do you not look at promoted teams as whipping boys until they prove it otherwise? Yeah. I, I just, to me, I just, it's the same across the board for all the players. Can they score? That's going to be the big question. But we just, and this is going to be a kind of a, a look ahead to our future summer episodes here as we discuss setting up our lineups for game week one. It's, it's harder than ever. These premium players are only getting more expensive. And if you want them, it's going to be really hard to fill out a squad you're going to potentially be tempted to put a throwaway backup keeper, fifth defender, fifth midfielder, third forward into your lineup. Nico Williams at a 4.0 is not a terrible idea. No, if that's all you that's all you need is to know that it's He's someone there. who is starting and if exactly. someone is playing. He's there so that if someone yeah. you're actually trying to play doesn't, he can bring his two points into your squad. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. At 4.0, I'll take it. And yet again, as I feel like I don't, I wish we didn't have to say it all the time. If you set up your team where you're playing, you say at the start of the season, I'm going big at the back. Every player that I have in my defense is going to be a startable, useful, attacking value player. You're not going to go below 4.5. You'd probably, given the prices, like since so many of the defenders didn't drop in price or didn't go up in price in any significant way, some of them even dropped. Like you, you might just say, you know what, defender points are more valuable than almost anybody else. I'm going to go five starting defenders and fill out my team dependent, you know, kind of on my money after that. Well, yeah, maybe. It's just, it's if I all, do that, I'm going to do it at midfield. I'm just, yeah, that's what I mean. I just, I feel like there is a way that you could go about doing that. And yeah, but to me, most normal people are going to look for, you know, it's the it's. Finding a John Lundstrom again. Yeah, that's that fair. that is what everyone is hoping for every single season, is the four zero defender who starts. Well, that gives you a little bit of a taste of what you're going to get for the rest of this summer. So stay subscribed to this podcast or start subscribing to this podcast mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to follow along. It's going to be fun. I hope you've laughed a little bit. I know I did, and uh, and so stay tuned. We're going to have plenty more to come as we get restarted now for the new season. One more time to join the FPL America Podcast League in FPL. You need to use the following code, and this will be in our description of this episode as well, but the code is B as in Bournemouth, M as in man, (laughs) F as in Fulham, F as in Forest, P as in podcast, B as in boy. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> All right. So there's that. And we do have things that you can follow. I don't remember what they're called. Uh, handles and whatnot on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And don't forget about our Patreon site. Look for FPL America Podcast. If you if you join as a patron, a supporter of our podcast, our tiers are very tiny. We, we like to say that we have a micro-donation approach on a monthly basis. But if you do that, you can join our Slack workspace so that this podcast never actually ends, even though the music is about to play under my voice as I speak. Right, Dave? Good chance of it. I would think it's like tipping. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would be like you would tip your barista a dollar if you buy a cup of coffee. That's right. Yeah, Just think yeah. of it as this is our this is a this is one cup of coffee for you. Because that's about how much <laughs> time it took to make it. I'm just saying. <laughs> just, oh just, that's all. Alright, Dave. Save us. Hey for the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.